Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Did you know that when you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, that you actually make it easier for other people to find the Family Bible Journey? So please, follow and subscribe. And thank you for listening. This is Episode 7, Season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament Podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 25. The title of today's podcast is The Kingdom of Heaven Arrives. And our key verses for today are verses 18 to 22, the calling of the disciples. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Our reading for today. I love how this particular passage shows how Jesus lifts at the beginning of his ministry. He lifts up those who he comes into contact with. This land of Zebulun and Naphtali was was referenced there by the prophet Isaiah in that prophecy that the Messiah would come to that part of the world is an allusion to the fact that it was the northern kingdoms by the time of the prophet Isaiah that had been destroyed by the Assyrians. They had long been forsaken, it seemed, by God. They had left God a long time ago. Their founding king established idolatry as the state religion, and so the northern kingdom was known to be a place of darkness, of spiritual darkness. It was the first part of the kingdom of Israel to fall into the exile back in the Old Testament times. It was a difficult place. It was a hard place. And it was a place that was not known to be the most faithful to the God of Israel. And yet this is the place where God sends his son that those people who dwell in the land of darkness would see a great light. And that light, of course, being the light of his redeeming love and the hope that is nurtured by the promises fulfilled by God in his son, Jesus. His entire ministry can be summarized very well from verse 17, where it says that Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What a better place than the land of northern Israel to preach this message of repentance, since these were the people who had long since cast off the shackles of God and instead bound themselves to any and every false god, it seems, that was known in that part of the world. And repent, as we've already covered on our earlier podcast, simply means to turn around, to do an about face, a 180 degree turn. Jesus is calling these people to turn away from themselves, to turn away from their idolatry and turn to him as the son of God, who has come as the son of fulfillment of all of God's promises, who has come to bring heaven to bear on the lives of those he comes into contact with. And the first four that we see mentioned specifically are his first disciples, Andrew, Peter, James, and John. Now, these men were simple, humble fishermen. And I don't like it when people discount these men because they were fishermen. To be a fisherman in the first century Israel was a difficult job. It was a dirty job. It was a smelly job. It was a dangerous job. Having been to the Galilee many times, the Sea of Galilee and the storms that would blow up there on the Sea of Galilee were truly dangerous affairs because the Sea of Galilee is sunken down into a bowl. There are mountains all around the Sea of Galilee and the Jezreel Valley funnels the weather and it funnels the wind from the Mediterranean Sea straight to the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee. And when that wind hits the hills of Gergesa, where Jesus 
would cast the demons into the pigs. It would then whip that wind around in a counterclockwise fashion around the bowl of the Sea of Galilee. And so not only did the winds blow a straight line, they actually turned the lake, much as you would see water spinning as it goes down the drain. And so it truly was a difficult job. It was a dangerous job. It was a hard job. It required long hours, but it was a very important job because these men fed their community. What a valuable resource that is. What a valuable service that is for them to render to their community. It is said that farmers and fishermen feed the world, and there is a lot of truth to that. And so we shouldn't be looking down upon these men. We lift them up. We look up to them because they rendered, be it humble, a valuable service to their community. But when Jesus enters into their life, he elevates their life and gives it an eternal significance. He says, I will make you fishers of men. And this same blessing that Jesus gave the disciples, he gives to all that he calls to faith, even today. He makes us fishers of men. He gives every aspect of our earthly lives an eternal significance because it is through us that he communicates his love to the people in our lives. And so just as Jesus came to bring heaven to bear on the earthly lives of those around him, so too we are called to bring heavenly light and heavenly grace, heavenly mercy, heavenly love into the lives of those around us. And when we do so as God's people, we give them hope. We are lifted up. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter what culture or country we live in. None of that matters because in Christ Jesus, our humble earthly lives have been elevated and given eternal significance in him. The life that we live on this earth, it is temporary. It is fleeting. It is but a wisp and a dream. But the life that we are given in Christ Jesus, it is eternal. It is enduring. It is permanent. It is lasting. And when we share God's love with the people around our lives, just as the disciples were called to share God's love with the people in their lives, we then can be an eternal blessing to those that God brings into our life. And we get to see heaven come to bear in the lives of those around them, even as God is working his miracles in our lives. At the end of the chapter, we see that Jesus had the power to heal many diseases, that he healed all sorts of diseases, that people were coming from all over the region, the Decapolis cities, the rest of the Galilee, even from Jerusalem and beyond the Jordan. Much of what is modern day Lebanon and Syria and Jordan and Israel, people were coming from miles and miles and miles to see Jesus, to hear his speaking, and to see him healing the multitudes. And this is just one of the ways that Jesus brought heaven to bear on the lives of those around him. But we don't want to mistake the reason and the cause for these great works that he was able to do as a miracle and wonder worker sent by God from heaven to earth. No, the works demonstrated the truth and the power with which he spoke. The works verified his words. It was his words that was most important because it was souls turned to heaven that Jesus came to redeem. And how wonderful it is for us to recognize that this heaven, as it is enjoyed in our lives and as we share it with other people, it truly transforms and gives us lasting significance for the lives that we live. It is sad that as the most prosperous and affluent culture and country of all of human history, that we live in a land that is racked with fatalism, with this idea that we are insignificant, that we don't matter. We see the problems of the world. We see the deficiencies in the world. We see the sin and the evil at work in the world. And we look at ourselves and we think, what can I do about it? How can I make any difference? 
But this is why God gives us the blessing of his word so that we can make a difference as little as it may be in the lives of those around us. You do not have to go around the world to tell people about Jesus. You can show them Christ's love simply by living your life here and now, doing what it is that God has called you to do and using the gifts, the talents, the abilities, and the passions that he's filled your heart with to serve him right here, right now. And when you do that, you, like the disciples, are elevated. Your life is given that eternal significance. You, my friend, are an eternal blessing because of the love that God has shown you in his son, Jesus. And so we celebrate with the disciples and the call that God has given each and every one of us to share the goodness of his redeeming love. And you don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a full-time church worker. No, I think oftentimes that the most effective witness that is given by anyone is the witness of faithful parents and grandparents who live their lives dedicated to their family and living the faith that God has blessed them with. As a pastor, I have been able to attend the bedside of many people who have gone to be with the Lord in their closing hours. And there are some who, who seem to linger and, and they don't understand why it is that God allows them to continue to live. Their, their health is gone. Their strength is gone. Their lives become nothing but pain and misery. And I have had dozens of people ask me, why doesn't the Lord take me now? And in those circumstances and in those situations, love to point out to those folks that they are preaching to their family to their children, to their grandchildren, to their great-grandchildren, the power of God's mercy and the power of faith as God walks with them through life's final hours and they show their loved ones the power of the redeeming love that God has given them in Christ Jesus. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't diminish the suffering, but it gives them a new reason and a great reason to continue on in faith knowing that God is using them to bless their family, their friends, their children, their grandchildren. So whether you are young and in the prime of life like these disciples were when they were called to faith, or you are in the closing chapters of your earthly journey with the Lord, I want to encourage you to be faithful to the call that God has given you. Recognize that God has put you right where you are for his purposes and that he brings people into your life so that they too can know the power of God's love as they see it at work in you. This is how the kingdom of heaven arrives in the lives of those around us, even as Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to those around him. Have you decided to journal through the Bible, whether for yourself or a loved one? Please let us know through the contact form at familybiblejourney.com so that we can send you some encouragement and add you to our list of folks who have committed to journaling through the Bible with us. Our blessing for today. May you respond faithfully to God's voice when he calls you. Amen.